Good morning, I'm Joan Hogan, and I'd like to welcome you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. With Dr. Holm today is Dr. Deb Johnston, a family practice physician who also practices at the Avira Medical Group Brookings. I'm so happy to have both of you with me today. It means I don't have to do a thing. <laughs> right? We're going to talk enough. You two do all the work. So I thought before I do anything else, I should do this. Do what? Hey, Siri, what's the correlation between Spain and Oklahoma? I just thought that that was worthy of a search. I don't think you're going to get an answer. Uh, And there's no answer here. I'm not seeing it. You know, uh, here's European exploration. Just before the program began, (laughs) Bob said, well, I've never been to Spain, but I have been to Oklahoma. So we're trying to figure out (laughs) Bob's reasoning there. It had to be a song. It's a song title. A song title is? Oh. Never been to Spain. Never been been to Spain, Spain, but I've been to to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. It has a nice rhythm to it, you know. Never been to Spain, but I've I've been to Oklahoma. All right. That must be it. And you two have been, been, been. I'm home for at least two weeks now, so I'm South Dakota (laughs) through and through. But Dr. Johnston went west to Montana, and Dr. Holm went east to the Big Apple. Welcome back, both of you. We had a tour. You You know, we toured. We we performed. Eric's new song, our oldest son's new album, is coming out this in about a month or, or a couple weeks and so he's doing a tour to promote it plus he needs to get a car to go up and get all of his stuff in new york and move it down to new orleans oh needs a car up there so we, he said hi got a great idea why don't we do road a car trip. road trip <laughs> car road trip. trip uh tour and we'll hit all these cities on the way and and uh, and then you can fly back and i'll have your car <laughs> so you two sang your way across the east so we performed saturday night at lake Ponset. Sunday night in Minneapolis in a backyard with like 30 or 40 people, you know. Uh, Monday night in Chicago. Tuesday was a travel day. Wednesday um, in uh, New York City to 50 people in in a studio audience. And then um, traveled up to Maine. And then on Sunday night, we performed at the Barn uh, Arts Performance Center. Where is that located? it's in Bass, off of Bass Harbor on Maine? Um, Mount Desert, or Desert uh, in Maine. Yeah. In Maine, okay. You well, know, where Bar Harbor, really cool. Bar Harbor. I knew, I've heard the Bar Harbor, yeah. yes. And well, all the while, fun. I'm driving across the thing, and I'm the, the banjo, and Preston's the bass. We bought a bass, you know, a traveling bass. He needed a bass anyway, and then, of course, there's a cheap little small compact uh, uh, amplifier so, so we had this so Preston went with you too so Preston did the bass and piano and I did the banjo and Eric performed you know we, we, we were his doo-wop wop <laughs> ooh <wah. laughs> and it was just uh, one of those joyous times you know just a great time Joni was the roadie she helped put everything away and well Julie so and Carter must have been heartbroken neither they one of them were, got they to couldn't come, come but no, uh, there couldn't it is. have them all huh thought about renting a, a you know big travel trailer thing you know da 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 but we took the Prius and a bag on the top of the Prius <laughs> to put all of our luggage in and the guitars could stay inside the 
the temperature control. So you had you had four adults in the Prius. Four adults in that little Prius. In that little Prius, and with a (laughs) with a number of instruments rack (laughs) on the back, which Eric's going to bring home a bike back to New Orleans that he has in New York, and then the bag, the you know the garbage bag on top. (laughs) It really went well. We stayed in, you know, very expensive, you know, Motel 6s across the country, you know. and Made your way. Well, you didn't have room for the camping equipment in the no, Prius no, with we all didn't. those people. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> so well, cheap Deb, hotels across the country. And I don't think Deb is a camper, but I have a feeling you were not camping camp- in Montana. I am not a camper. No, I knew better. <laughs> I knew no well, way. actually, actually, we did stay at the KOA campground while we were in Glacier. You must have been and in a palatial uh, we, building. Or? We we had a, a camping cabin, which uh, was actually quite nice. Oh, all right. So it you was had a quite cabin, nice. even though Glacier National Park. I had a bed and I had a bathroom that I didn't have to put shoes on to get to. So all it was right. perfect. There you go. <laughs> I, I tell you what, nothing like uh, walking out the backyard to the outhouse bathroom in the night. Yeah, that's just not going to happen in my world. Not a I, not a happy. I place. would not have been a good a good pioneer woman. Yeah, you not have. <laughs> well, I'm going to interrupt this lovely story because this is supposedly a program about medicine. About medicine, and we yes. are going to cover medicine, and we're going to put our medical hats on because I have two fine physicians who are telling us about their tours, but they'd rather tell us about medicine, and we're we going to do that right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. If you were listening at the outset of the program, you heard both Dr. Johnston and Dr. Holm talk about their recent exploits with family and just great vacation time, right? It was good. Wonderful time. And, and you know, Joan, there actually is a medical connection. Tell us the medical the connection. The medical connection is the importance of connections to other people to your overall well-being yes both your physical health your mental health uh, your emotional health so uh, those connections that were nurtured by both of our trips mm-hmm. are really important and I think it's something that we don't talk enough about in medicine we get so focused on what's your blood sugar control like what's your blood pressure control like um, you know all of these other kind of things that are admittedly a lot easier to measure that sometimes we lose track of what's equally important in my opinion and that is the social uh, emotional connections and the support that people have well a solid science that shows that people who do that do so much better live absolutely longer. i mean if you you sit in the nice comfortable couch and all you do is the same thing every day at your home and you don't venture out you know your life will get shorter yep. um, and uh, it will and you'll go what did i do with my life i can't remember much yep. but i will never forget Singing in that backyard in uh, Minneapolis, or that uh, that with barn thing in in Maine, and the yep. people singing with us. You know, when we started singing, um, "Hard times, hard times, come again, no more." I mean, you know, in <laughs> harmony. In harmony. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but so great. Obviously, no. That's, that's good. not what here we're here to no, talk no, about. No, we are going to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Fake Fake news. Okay. There is so much fake news in medicine. In medicine. Well, I mean, let's let's put it this way. There's been a... a, uh, um, Since the Greeks, 
there has been value made with truth. Yes. There, uh, there, the value, and of course, what you think is true now may change. But if you truly believe this is the truth, uh, and and to speak honestly is one of the great characteristics and the great um, uh, ethical uh, goals of people. You know, we need to be able to say true things, not uh, yes. and, and uh, it, otherwise, you, you, you're pure manipulation. There, there is so many circumstances where there is a verifiable, objective truth. There's a lot of things that don't have a verifiable, objective truth, but a lot of medicine is the quest for that verifiable, objective truth. What is the best treatment? What works? What, How do you define that? Right. What's the best treatment for pancreatic cancer? You know, uh, uh, that's a, an important question to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Well, we are a whole lot closer to an answer uh, than we were five years ago, certainly than 20 years oh ago. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, and uh, you know, what Julie Gerberding, you know, Betty Gerberding, local Betty Gerberding's daughter, who is the head of the CDC for many years, and who, who is now head of the, va well, in, in charge of vaccinations for Merck or... I think involved One with public re service for for Merck uh, says uh, just dance the lily pads, Rick, until you can and stay alive, doing a different chemo and different uh, treatments until you until we come up with the answer, which is going to come within the next five years, is her words. But anyway, the search for truth is what science is. Yes, it is a looking a double blinded, carefully managed ma uh, managed plan to. Try to ferret out the truth. And the reason you're talking about this is because in the past 30 years, maybe more, we'll even go back oh, to the forever. oil. The, uh, snake oil. Snake oil salesman. But really with the media, the way it is today, there is so much fake information about medicine out there. Fake treatments that can help you. It's frightening. <clears throat> yes. And, you know, and they can market it and say bald-faced lies w in their marketing. <clears throat> and what, uh, you know, what can you do when you don't know which is a bald-faced lie and which is a, a miraculous new discovery? Because they're very, very good at making the bald-faced lies look very polished and very reasonable and making an argument that if you have limited knowledge about the way things really work, it can seem like it makes great sense. So how do you, how would you uh, uh, advise a listener who is not a physician, Deb, I, to uh, ferret out the truth? How would you find that the is, truth? That is a great question, and that's something that we spend some time in the exam room talking about with people, especially when they bring in, gee, what do you think about this kinds of things. I tend to direct people to a website called Medline Plus. I do that gov. too. I, it's, I, it's a great website. It's a search engine, but it searches only medically vetted sites. So it searches the Mayo Clinic website, the National Institutes of Health, um, familydoctor.org. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of reliable information out there. So it searches these sites, and 
you can go to these sites and get a good grasp on the fundamentals of things. Why don't we um, repeat that one more time? If you're interest, if you have access to the internet, which most people do now, it's called Medline. M e d l i n e p l u s. Medline plus dot gov dot gov g o v. That's the other to, thing. It right. used to be the Grateful Med. Oh, really? Was it? That was before well, my time. The, oh, really, really? <laughs> Seriously, when I had that little first Apple stand-up little box thing that came out and was really popular, um, uh, I had it in my office. I moved it to my office, and I'd go, I'd, I'd have a question of some kind of thing, and I'd go walk in, and I'd do a Medline Plus search all the whole... It was not Medline's uh, Plus. Well, it was the Grateful Med. Well, and uh, of course, there there is Medline, but Medline Plus is actually For the aimed layperson. at the layperson, aimed at somebody without the 10 or so years of, of advanced training that Dr. Holm and I have to help us understand these things. And I, even so, you know, I... I Incidentally, ended up sharing an office with Dr. Solomon, who's one of our oncologists who comes up Fabulous here. Fabulous man. Absolutely wonderful man. And I was in there kind of trying to catch up after my vacation on things, and he was behind me seeing patients. And he got on this phone call, and he started talking, and I turned around and looked at him with my mouth open. I have no idea what that man was talking about. <laughs> and you know That's what? That's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I mean, he should be in a different realm because he... Has to know these really complicated he, things. He he has a different area of specialty than there I do, and I'm sure that there would be things that I could start talking about that would have him with his eyes glazed over too. But um, the point being that it takes a long time and a lot of work to develop that knowledge base, and it's not reasonable to expect people the average person to be able to read and interpret the same information that right. their physician does. It's but that doesn't mean that it's not worth looking for information that breaks it down into more understandable parts to help you understand what's going on. I think there's some clues, though, that you, you need to be wary of. <clears throat> Late-night TV advertisements don't always seem to be the very best quality <laughs> stuff. <laughs> when it sounds too good to be true, you can bet that that's, that's, uh, that's it is a too warning good sign. To be <laughs> Anything yes. about obesity is usually f fake news. Because yes, we do about not have good answers. An easy way to lose weight is yeah, forget about that at yep. this point. I mean, when we get the when the real answer comes, so I, I think here's the here's the deal. I you take a problem, let's say obesity, and you and when when you don't have an answer, there are a thousand answers. Yeah. When you do have an answer, it all comes down to that. One it answer. comes right to that one answer. I mean, here's well, the answer. I don't think there will be one answer. I think that obesity, as a fat person, I think obesity <laughs> is a multi-faceted faceted problem. I think there are multiple contributing yeah. factors to obesity. But, again, there will be more defined answers when we have a better understanding of what's going on and how to address all those various <laughs> factors. I, I, I just think that when people are told a lie and then they do the thing and maybe they lose weight temporarily and then they come back to where they were before, you, you did them harm. They went through a bunch of money, they yeah. made a lot, a lot of effort, and then they're back where they were before. 
And I, you know, if I, I know that there were doctors uh, who decided that they were going to go into this field and they were going to help people lose weight because they just have to because it's so important to lose weight. <clears throat> and one can argue it's very important Absolutely. to lose weight. But uh, the reality is that uh, even the very best commercial programs that are based on solid, good diet stuff, only uh, at the best, 30% will lose more than 20 pounds. And after one year, only, you know, um, uh, 5%, you know, 10% of the people who lost weight will keep it off for, for one year. And then at five years, they're all back. Yep. It's just it's 0% in five years. Why would you beat them down with, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, and then and put them on pills or diets and, and harass and haranguing, and then they, then they feel bad. You And you've made a, a fool of yourself as a physician because five years later, they're back where they were. So the tr- there's something well, else that's and, happening. And, and we, we blame the person when nobody succeeds. No. And or virtually nobody succeeds and that's uh, that's harmful and it's harmful when we promote the things like diet and exercise as the way to lose weight eating a healthy diet exercising regularly have benefits absolutely independent of the weight loss or not and so when we focus on these things as a way to lose weight we lose those other benefits right Joan? We should take a break now. I appreciate this conversation. I hope you are enjoying it too. And we will be back right after these words. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Talk Radio. We had a little controversy during the break. Am I? And I'm going to ask Bob to repeat. No, okay. please, please no, do. Please want please to. do. But, but it's a very important thing because we get questions about this in the office all the time. Homeopathy is one of my very favorite um, examples of this. Um, There is absolutely no basis for homeopathy. And yet, we have people all the time who are promoting homeopathy, utilizing homeopathy. The idea of homeopathy is like cures like. So if you get a substance that um, has the symptoms in a at a toxic dose that you're trying to cure and you dilute it down and you dilute it down and you dilute it down that substance will cure what you're trying to address that diluted that diluted thing but they dilute it to the point that scientifically there may only be one molecule of that substance more likely none and the idea is well the water remembers what is in that and what is supposed to do it's not and and my question is always well how does the water know what it's supposed to remember (laughs) where are the data where does it why does it exactly it makes no scientific (laughs) sense and there's no data to prove it and yet it is a topic that has persisted and persisted and persisted for generations. Right. And I think that the quote that you gave, Bob, we'll, we'll is talk. a perfect example of that. So I am going to plead with you to please repeat the, that. The, We're and moving the, vac- the microphone the, to Bob. It's and the vaccination all right, okay. story okay. as well. We're ready in Nazi Germany, World War II, the head of propaganda, Heinrich Kimmler, came up with some tenets to change and shift public opinion. One of them was, if you repeat the lie often enough, it becomes the truth. 
And another one was perception becomes reality. If you watch late night TV enough times and see the Geritol commercials, pretty soon that's the way it is. So that, yeah. yeah. So we just yes, and and vaccines, the vaccine misinformation cause the vaccines cause autism. That has been disproven to the point that we can prove a negative, period. And yet that persists. Because you hear it often. All the time. The vaccines must have caused the autism. Which must is not have, true. Must have. Not must true. have. So, so, so you hear it often enough, then it becomes reality. The other one is Alzheimer's disease, uh, fake Alzheimer's disease Cures. treatments. There are, uh, there are, uh, there is so little that we know about what to do uh, to improve Alzheimer's. We have two groups of drugs that improve uh, the person who has an altered memory and Sometimes. brings them up the hill about you know five or six feet, and then you can and then no matter while they're on the drug, you continue down the hill. Uh, Maybe it, it a just, little slower. The, yeah. Maybe for some patients, but not all. Well, and, and uh, the question is whether it's slower or not. I, I think yeah. what it does is it raises their IQ a little bit, and then they're continue on the downslide of whatever it is that's causing and Alzheimer's, which I we think don't know. Alzheimer's is another of those conditions that is just so ripe for for this kind of, of abuse of people because people are desperate to avoid that. Honestly, I think that people fear Alzheimer's and losing their memory more than they fear anything else. Yeah. It well, is a frightening thing. The only thing, we've had Alzheimer's in our family, and the one thing to recognize is the person with Alzheimer's, by the time they really are not thinking clearly, they're happy as a lark. Not they're always. just fine. Not, not always. always. Well, not always. But, but many I guess times in our case it has they been. They don't yeah. know that they're... They you know, have the, a deficit. On the same page of the Brookings Register that ran Dr. Holmes latest essay on be careful and be critical is it fake news that was the register on monday there's an article just below it a healthy lifestyle may not guaranteed but may offset the genetic risk and what it's saying is regardless of how much genetic risk someone has for alzheimer's a good diet adequate exercise limiting alcohol and not smoking made dementia less likely no guarantees but living a good but lifestyle. I bet exercise was involved in that too, yes, right? Yes, it really was. Yes. It's not going to stop <laughs> Alzheimer's, but your likelihood But it, it can reduce your risk. Right. Um, and, you know, that, again, is just kind of proving something uh, in another way that, or supporting, giving evidence to something in another way, which is that leading a healthy lifestyle is good for you. But actually that brings up another thing that I think fits in very well with this fake news topic. And that is something I actually got a question about just yesterday about, oh gee, I read on the news that in this particular case, it was that aspirin's not good for you after all. <laughs> and the answer, that, that really oh. was blown wrong, and it, it really <laughs> upset me, because they don't even talk about baby aspirin being a very important treatment preventing colon polyps, and they don't talk about the fact that when you get older and hypercoagulability is a acquired problem that can be countered by aspirin. They, they just talked about 40 to 50-year-old people, should they be taking aspirin, and the answer is probably not not if you haven't looked into it. Would you I, agree? Well, I think that one of the problems we get is that research studies 
I like to look at them as a conversation between experts in the field, between people investigating the field. And if you only hear one phrase from one person in a conversation without the larger conversation, you, you miss a lot of what's going on. So in this particular case, the headlines, the articles, you know, they they give you a little bit and miss the context. Right. So yes, aspirin is not good for everybody. Um, there are people who shouldn't take aspirin. There are people who get more benefit. There are people who have more risk. And that fundamentally is what it comes down to in medicine is trying to weigh that benefit against that risk. So if you have, if you're on a blood thinner medication, you need to think a little harder about aspirin. Aspirin right. may still be important, but it increases your risks. If you have a history of recurrent ulcers, maybe aspirin is a little higher risk. Mm -hmm. If you are otherwise an otherwise healthy 40-year-old person with no blood pressure uh, problems and no diabetes and you're female, yeah, aspirin is probably not going to do a lot of benefit for you. No. So, but if there's a lot of heart attack in your family and you're a male at 40, or <clears throat> if you... Uh, if you're diabetic. If you're diabetic or if you're at, at, there's stroke risk issues of, uh, and or you're older than 60, certainly, uh, or if there's colon cancer in your family, I think there's another reason. So again, I think that it, there is not necessarily a one-size-fits-all answer to the question of, is aspirin good? But again, we live in a world where the media grabs on to the latest published study, and it may not even be something published in a good journal. It may be a really poorly done journal, yeah. a very poorly done study, but it makes good stories. Or a fake or fake, a fake news. Study. It may be a fake study, <laughs> like the Autism Link study, like which right. was very fake. Yeah. Two and a half minutes left. We want to highlight. What? I did want to mention uh, tomorrow night's program yeah. because South Dakota or South Dakota Public Television runs Dr. Holmes on call with the Prairie Doc every Thursday night at seven o'clock. And tomorrow night we will be re-airing a program that was on the air last December, December twentieth, and it's called Changing Times in Medicine. Rick Holm with two of his favorite physicians, Joy and Jolene Falkenberg, will be with you. And also for anyone. In Brookings, most people in Brookings, if they've lived here long enough, know Nels Granholm, who has taught oh, yes. at the university forever. No, he's been there forever. quite a long time. <laughs> I think he's an em emeritus now. I believe yeah. he might be retired. But you have a snippet with him as well, correct? Right. So, I mean, and of course, if you know Jolene Falkenberg, I mean, it is such a joy uh, to, to interview her and her sister just like her. Uh, and it was like one of those... Uh, come on in, and we'll we'll start the cameras rolling. Oh, we're done. <laughs> it's just, I mean, zoom! It was done. It was such a very interesting time. We talked a lot about geriatrics and end of life care, and very uh, important. You know, general overall health issues. So it was fun. Well, good, good. Well, we're just down to a couple of minutes. Is there anything that you want to summarize? I think you two did a really good job of summarizing <laughs> yeah. it already, though. Uh, bottom line, Deb, and, uh, give us 20 seconds. Bottom line, bring a healthy dose of skepticism with you, skepticism with you when you interpret things that you read and hear. That's a great bottom line. That's a uh, and, and in any field, in health yes. field, of course, uh, in the politics, of course, that's, that's an important thing to think about at this time. 
So we need to realize the value of truth. And we're doing our dark gondas to be honest and, and, and uh, science-based, evidence-based in everything we say on On Call with the Prairie Doc and, and to all of our Prairie Doc production. Well, thank you. And we hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. Thank you, Deb, for joining us. Really enjoyed it. And thank you, Rick. Thank you, Joan. And thank you also, Bob. And stay healthy. And thank you for your, your contribution.